morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Mario, the node defender, Billy, the chart analysis expert, and Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, is in the building. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how CFTC chair expects crypto to be go. Sorry, how the CFTC chair expects crypto to be a part of mainstream American portfolios. Is this another example of 2023 being the year of institutional adoption? Banking giant Barclays is the latest corporation to invest in crypto, while Quant CEO explains how CBDCs will overlay our current monetary system. Rockefeller International Chairman speaks on the state of the cryptocurrency market today, drawing close comparisons to the dot-com bubble. We show our listeners how generational wealth is always built in a bear market. Coinbase is accused of selling unregistered securities while also being exposed for insider trading. If Coinbase was selling securities, how long until the SEC attacks other exchanges? Algo has partnered with FIFA in taking crypto mainstream, and we show our listeners a video of Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse demanding disclosure on Ethereum, exposing the hypocrisy of the SEC. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I did 111 episodes and that was the first time I butchered the intro. So I guess I got that out of the way. We're going to start off with the Node Defender this morning. Mario, how are you feeling on this beautiful Tuesday and what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, man, feeling amazing. Thank you for having me. Good morning to everybody watching uh, us today. Uh, excited to be here. It's my first episode of the week. It's 11-11. So even more amazing. Let's get this show started. Love you guys. Sending everybody positive and, uh, and uh, good vibrations this morning. Amazing. Mr. Johnny Crypto, I see you've returned from paradise. Are you back to reality, my friend? And how are you feeling on this Tuesday? Well, unfortunately, my internet's not feeling so well, and it wouldn't let me hang out outside, so I had to come inside. It's so beautiful out there. Babs, don't worry about when you mess up the show, H.O. Even when you do, it still sounds great. So it was fantastic. And good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Hopefully, you're all doing well. And, of course, love seeing all my brothers and sisters here, Mario. Billy and Joyful Jackie. Can't wait to get started. Amazing. We got some amazing stuff planned for our listeners today. We're going to talk about Ripple XRP. We're going to talk about how cryptocurrencies are going to become part of mainstream American portfolios. But before we do that, we're going to talk to our chart analysis expert, Billy. How you feeling? And I see you got the diamonds here, gear on. Why don't you show our listeners? What's up, man? Well, you know I'm always rocking the diamond gear. It's like my favorite shirt. Nice. Uh, dude, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be with the family. Every time I'm on here, it's like a family reunion. Like, it's just... I love the vibe, love the energy. And when I'm gone, I miss you guys. So every time I'm on here, dude, it's a blessing. Yeah, very excited to have you today, Billy. But we got Jackie in the building. Jackie, you are a fan favorite out there. I can only imagine it's going to be a couple minutes before somebody asks you to be their girlfriend. But you are taken. So thank you for making time for us this morning. And how are you feeling today, Jackie? I've got many, many men in my life. I don't need more. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, no, no, I, the women might start asking or not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I'm doing great today, guys. Um, just like Billy said, man, it does feel like a family reunion. Yeah, and I love I love all these dudes, guys. Don't get me wrong. These are definitely, these are my people. So I'm. it's exciting every time to be on the show. Amazing, Jackie. Love having you. And we, of course, we got your back. But we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do, by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account, at 3TGM Crypto. We're live on Monday, and we are live on Thursday. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you guys. 
The Bitcoin fear and greed index, it's actually going lower today. We are in extreme or moderate fear sitting at a 26, but we're going to dive into the total coin market cap. We have dipped back below $1 trillion, sitting at $958 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is 18%. Bitcoin is sitting at $20,900 this morning. Ethereum, $1,300. XRP, $0.32. Cents. Cardano is $0.45. Cents. Avalanche, $20. Stellar, $0.10. Cents. Algorand, which we are going to talk about later this episode. They have partnered with FIFA, and this is going to become mainstream for the entire planet when it comes to the crypto industry. But we're going to cover Hedera Hashgraph as well. That is sitting at $0.06 cents this morning. Billy, it's your first time on the show this week. What's on your mind this morning, my friend? And how are you feeling about the market overall? We had a little bit of bullish price action earlier this week, but nothing to get too excited about. What are you watching? Uh, right now, I'm paying attention on the Fed's meeting. The Fed's meeting starts today. It's coming out tomorrow. Jerome Powell is going to speak tomorrow. You know, we're sitting on a 48-year high inflation Uh I'm really waiting to see what they're going to do. If they do anything less than, you know, three quarters of a percent rate hike, we're going to go into some more inflation. That's the only way we're going to slow this thing down. The, the weird thing, like we were talking before we got started, every time Jerome Powell speaks, he can say the sky is falling. We're raising rates by three percent and we're still going to have bullish action. Like you go back every time this man has spoke, we go into a little bullish mode. So I expect the markets to turn within the next week a little bit, get a little price action move in. But overall, depending on what they do is going to determine, you know, where we are. We're going to go more into a bearish cycle. We're going to get more volume come in. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to do. But meantime, short term, we're definitely going to get some bullish action. Johnny Crypto, one of the projects that I've been keeping an eye on during this entire bear market, but especially during this week, is Quant. We had a nice price dip last night, saw an $80 Quant, was able to pick a little bit up there. What are some of the projects that you're walking up, or sorry, you're watching this week? And how do you feel about Quant getting involved in central bank digital currencies? We're going to show our listeners a video in a couple of minutes. Well, I mean, <laughs> me talking about Quant is like us talking about the sky is blue. I love Quant. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite. I think interoperability is the key. Um, another one I like is Matic. I've been stacking Matic. And another one I just started grabbing is Filecoin. You know, Filecoin, I think, is going to be one of those that's going to be here to stay as well. So those are the three that I, and there's a few more, but those are those are the ones I'm starting to kind of grab right now. Mario, you are considered the node defender, but I'm not going to ask you to defend any nodes this morning. I'm more interested in what you're watching today and how do you feel about a little bit of the bullish price action we're getting a lot of people are anticipating a $2,200 Ethereum, and then we're going to go lower. What are you going to be watching? Yeah, I'm actually going to be watching what you have up on the screen right now, Quant. I don't own any Quant. I've never purchased Quant. So I think that uh, we're starting to come to levels that are very, um, very good for someone that doesn't have any. So I will definitely be picking some up. And I know you guys are like, what is wrong with this guy? He doesn't have any. But it's just like there's so many good cryptos out there, and it just becomes really hard to like put all your money in the right places and you know, you can't just, I believe that you can't just be like extremely over diversified as well. So I've been just putting the money where I thought was uh, most relevant, but I'll definitely be picking up some quant in within the next couple of, of days, if, especially if we get to those $60 price levels, that's, that's a no brainer. Jackie, the entire market's taken a hit over these past six months. And a lot of the projects that we were investing in just six months ago are 20% of the value they were in November. So what are some of the projects that you're watching? Is there anything you're purchasing during this bear market? Yeah, I'm kind of, um, I'm still sticking to my plan. Uh, a lot of layer ones. Um, some of the projects that you guys have mentioned as well, I've got my eye on. I might um, I might be waiting for, 
you know, kind of closer towards the end of the year. I know we talk a lot about that. We've talked about that. You guys have talk, touched on that uh, yesterday um, on Twitter Spaces as well. We kind of talk about the time frame of what we see things to do. So definitely um, keeping some cash on the sidelines. I like to – that is now um, a little bit more of my game plan is definitely keep a, at least like 15% liquid. So Awesome. Thank you, Jackie. About old times. We do have 175 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics five of the seven days out of the week. But we're going to dive into our first article for today, which is a tweet from one of our loyal listeners, Jeremiah. He talked about how the entire market went bananas when Vet partnered with the UFC, but no one's been talking about how Algorand partnered with FIFA. They're going to be in front of billions of viewers for the next few years going forward. And I think this is going to be huge for mainstream exposure. Johnny Crypto, any quick comments on this Algorand update? And how do you feel about the mainstream adoption of Algorand before we even get ISO protocols? Yeah, you know, I think that Algo is going to be one of the key players here. When you get to partner with something like FIFA, that ain't no freaking joke. We're talking the top sports in the most watched. There's no sport more watched than FIFA, than the, than the, than the World Cup, right? In the Euros and all the other t- – and then it's worldwide soccer. So there, that is huge for Algo. I'm so happy to hear it. I keep stacking Algo. I mean, these prices, are you kidding me? 30 cents or somewhere in that range? To me, Algo is, um, yeah, somebody just said it, like a sleeping giant. Very, very excited for Algo. Uh, not only does it have an ISO, you know, 20,022 play to it, but it also now is partnering with FIFA. It's just, it's just the signs, the writing's on the wall, guys. So I love Algo ads. I will continue to stack Algo. And what I love about Algo and Crypto.com is they have some of the best marketing campaigns in the cryptocurrency space. And I do want to give a shout out to Jeremiah here at J Jeremiah Crypto on Twitter. This guy puts out amazing threads on Quant, yes. HBAR, Algorand, XRP. The list goes on and on. But we're going to dive into our first article for today, which is a CFTC related article. The CFTC chair expects crypto to be part of mainstream American portfolios, and that could happen sooner than we think. The CFTC CFTC chair noted that an increasing interest in Americans in digital assets. He also explained that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum may soon become integral into mainstream financial portfolios all throughout our country. We're here today because digital assets are trending towards becoming a part of mainstream American portfolios, with surveys and polls demonstrating that as many as one in five American adults have invested in or used cryptocurrencies. This is a real great indicator of where the entire market is headed, but the fact that the CFTC is going to create rules and guidelines to allow this, that's what gets me excited. Mario, I'd love to start with you. What are you anticipating from American regulation, and how do you feel about the CFTC being an advocate of digital assets going mainstream? Yeah, well, this is exactly what the space needs. The space needs the innovation to be to be allowed within the United States, especially. Otherwise, the the companies like Ripple will just continue to push overseas, and they will eventually move overseas if if regulation is not friendly. But um, this is going to be a a, a joint work or joint regulation w- between the CFTC and the SEC. There's obviously coins or cryptocurrencies that are securities there's obviously cryptocurrencies that are not securities and so that's why at least now we have some sort of a direction we know that the sec is going to be working with the cftc but now we're going to start seeing the battle of the um of the coins that are securities versus the coins that are not securities and and now we're seeing we know we're going to cover in the show a little bit later some of the news but but i think this is going to be the biggest thing going going forward for the next for the next 12 months We've been seeing Ripple fight it, but I think we're going to we're going to see a lot more of the crypto space also fight it. So I think this is a time for all of them to come together and to fight it together. 
Johnny Crypto, we're going to cover an article later talking about how the SEC and Gary Gensler said most cryptocurrencies are acting as securities, but we see the CFTC is disagreeing with that. What are you anticipating for regulation in the United States, and how do you feel about the CFT seeming to be an advocate of crypto going mainstream? Well, Congress already put this out there, right, and they're kind of trying to push this thing towards the CTFC. It'll be interesting to see how hard um, the, the SEC pushes back on this or tries to get their fingers in it because uh, some of these actually are securities. And I think what you're going to see is it's going to be a mixed bag. Um, and remember this, the SEC has the power to take what Congress has and to modify the rules, which is kind of scary because they basically could do whatever they want in a sense. Um, so I think yeah, you're going to see a mixed bag. And I don't know what that bag is going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be 20% commodities and 80% securities or vice versa. We're going to have to wait and see how uh, these big boys want to play it out and how they're going to set the game up. But all we know is regulation is coming, and I'm thankful for it because we need it because then all that money on the sidelines will be unlocked. That's all I care about at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. I've been saying it for a while. It doesn't matter what it is because once it comes, the big boys will read the rules, they'll follow the rules, and the money will come. We're going to dive into the structure of this bear market and where we are today. But before that, we got 218 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're starting off today's episode with a video of Brad Garlinghouse discussing how the SEC is totally hypocrite, is operating in total hypocrisy right now, asking crypto firms to disclose their holdings while the SEC is holding on to all of their disclosures. We're going to dive into this. But first, we're going to hear from Brad Garlinghouse. Here we go. Keep in mind what the SEC does. They demand disclosure from the companies they regulate. And they won't disclose anything. They had a judge 14 months ago, you know, tell them they need to disclose the notes associated with this very famous speech that happened four years ago saying that Ether is not a security. What are they hiding? You know, like why, it's been 14 months and they're still fighting to, just to hide those notes. Keep in mind with the SEC. So two things stick out to me there. One, the lack of transparency from government regulation regulatory bodies, but two, the fact that we know they're hiding something, right? Why are they why are they not willing to disclose this information? It's because they have something to hide. But I want to kick it to Billy here. Billy, what are some of your thoughts? It's it's just like the rest of the game, man. The only reason they won't disclose anything is because they know they're guilty as hell. Uh this is this is all a game, just like with um Nancy Pelosi and her trade, just whatever they want to do. It's follow you follow the rules that I don't have to follow. Um, it's it's they are the reason they're fighting us so bad is because of Hinman's speech. If they let that get out and they let that stuff come out, they are done. And I mean, they are done across the board. Uh, it's it's going to be bad because then they're going to lose all credibility. I mean, they don't have any credibility now, but now it'll be precedent in the courts. It'll you know it, it's really gonna it's gonna hurt them if if they have to release this stuff. So. I'm still conflicted on how they're still dragging it out as long as they are. Uh, but yeah, they're they're corrupt to the core, man. All this was setting forth just how everybody exit, how the lawsuit proceeded after that, and who benefited who benefited from that lawsuit. So it's corruption to the core. The, one of the biggest things they're, they're fighting is because now you're going to be able to see everything on the blockchain. Uh, if everything moves there, you're not going to get away with the things that you got away with before. Excuse me. So. Exactly. Mario, I'd love to go to you next. We look at the market today in this Ripple case. It's going to define a lot of the rules and guidelines for this market going forward. What does this say to you, the fact that Gary Gensler is not willing to disclose many of the SEC's information, but he's asking all these crypto exchanges to be totally transparent and then attacking them after the fact? Yeah, look, I still think that Gary Gensler, as much as as much as much what he does, I think he's still part of some agenda. I don't think that he's pulling all the strings or that he can pull all the strings um, everybody thought, I still remember when 
the initial initial talks of Gary Gensler taking the chair last last year, beginning of last year, it was so exciting because we knew that this guy understood blockchain because he was teaching blockchain. So a lot of people were excited that he could bring uh, positive regulation for the space and he's done nothing but the opposite he's done nothing but go against or go after exchanges after cryptocurrencies um i don't think he's doing a good job at protecting but again you know i'll go back to what i was just saying at the beginning i don't think he's the one that that really controls or or pulls all the strings i really think that there's a bigger gender and he's just playing he's just playing his role and playing part of it if you watch some of the some of the interviews that he does it feels so scripted. It feels like he's just reading off of a script, and and I I don't know, man. I I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of him because of what I've seen in the last year. But again, I have to understand that he's just playing the the script. Johnny, I know you got some comments. I'm gonna kick it to you here, man. I'll I'll just say what Mario won't say, but V Gnarly did say his role is to play the rat snake weasel role, and he's doing it beautifully. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Johnny. Keeping it short and concise there, but I do want to ask you to take up a little bit more time as I am pulling up a Rosie Rios tweet from 2021 showing how XRP may be connected to China. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what Brad Garlinghouse had to say in this video. He's asking, the SEC is asking exchanges and cryptocurrency projects to be totally transparent while not being transparent themselves. What does that say to you about what the SEC is doing behind the scenes and how ETHgate, well, that's going to come to fruition. So um, I think first of all, well, first of all, if we can, you know, we guys take it, give it the warrior's elbow to that like button and smash it. I think we've only got about sixty likes or something out there, so you guys can do that. That'd be great. Um, but in terms of the, um, you know, Brad's right that the SEC is being very hypocritical here, where they're coming out and they're saying, "Hey, yes, you know, we want you to come in and work with us." And when you come in and work with us, guess what happens? You get slapped a lawsuit. So that's not going to encourage a lot of people to come out and work with the SEC. If they know that the end result is going to be they're going to get sued. It's a very, very bad precedent and message that the SEC has set up. And I now the only way to probably salvage that is we're going to need regulation because who the hell is going to feel comfortable going to the SEC and say, hey, here I am. I want to, you know, I want to come and file. And next thing you know, you're going to get tied up in court and lose a shit ton of money. So, yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult. The SEC put themselves in a position where they pretty much said, don't, they're saying come work with us, but the reality is they're telling you behind the scenes, no, don't come work with us because you're going to get sued. It's crazy. Jackie, one of my favorite parts about Ripple and XRP is their board of directors and the people who are leading this project. And Rosie Rios was the 43rd treasurer of the United States. Anybody who has a $100 bill out there, pull out that $100 bill and you are going to see Rosie Rios' signature on the bottom. But she put out a tweet in September of 2021 talking about XRP's primary purpose compared to many other cryptocurrencies in the market today. So XRP's primary purpose is facilitating cross-border payments while other cryptos find their value in speculation. China's latest moves bring this point home. Hashtag Ripple, hashtag RippleNet, hashtag Bitcoin. Jackie, what does this tweet say to you here? And how do you feel about Rosie Rios, the 43rd Treasury of the United States, talking about how XRP has real utility while many cryptocurrencies do not? It's good to see, um, especially because she is in you know the sector of, of helping this financial regulation come about. Um, it's good to see a tweet like this. I think people that aren't even involved in crypto, you know, this kind of gets the gets them looking into the space. Um, and the latest moves, that was actually a, you know, it's an article as well that Billy had um, that Billy had brought to our team chat, um, showing kind of kind of the moves that XRP Ripple um, have been making. So it is. 
you know, and we always have this argument. That's why um, I don't know how anybody else feels. That's why I've never really been concerned um, with everything that goes on with this SEC case, because like they've said time and time again, you know, most of their clientele is outside of the U.S. So um, they they've already kind of stated that win or lose, you know, they're still in a win. Um, they're going to just continue development and working elsewhere. So good things to see. Um especially with this move with China. Uh, so all, all bullishness to me. And the reason I think this is more relevant than ever is because the news we covered yesterday about BRICS nations creating a new global reserve currency. Well, now we've got some connections to digital assets. And when it comes to a basket of currencies, I do think there are going to be some digital assets involved, but we got 250 live listeners out there. If you're enjoying this content, show us some love, smash that like button. One of the reasons we're covering Rosie Rios is because she's one of the most influential and prominent figures in the financial industry. But Johnny Crypto, why don't you expose the game here? These connections, they're meaningful, right? We've got connections to the IMF, connections to the Federal Reserve, connections to the U.S. Treasury, and they're all residing within Ripple and XRP. What does this tweet say to you about the real utility and the fact that all these connections, they're going to become important? Well, I said, do you have that connection uh, that can uh, we show that? But um, so first of all, yeah, like with anything you do, I've been saying this all the time on this show. There it is. That's beautiful. It's not what you know, folks. It's who you know. And look at this. This is like planting the seeds. Okay, we're going to put this person here. We're going to put this person coming from our company and planting it. I mean, God, the writing's on the freaking wall. I mean, talk about a script. So for me, when I see something like this, you guys know me and how I think about everything, right? This gets me excited to know that they've got people who have come from their company or in these positions, and now they've got those relationships. The world is all about relationships, guys. That's how the world works. And so... This is a pot. This is a positive sign. Something to be very, very encouraged about if you're a Ripple holder and you know long term. Rosie's spot on that Ripple, or I shouldn't say Ripple, but XRP solves a real world problem, right? Cross border payment, and she's 100% right that there's a lot of other currencies that are speculation. Now there's also other currencies that do solve problems like VeChain and Algo, right? So it's it's, it's a mixed bag, um, but the reality is. The, the particular one we're talking about now, XRP solves a major, major problem for banks, and, you know, more more for banks and institutions and not so much for us per se. Not to say they couldn't create an app that could work for us. But, yeah, it's a very, very big, big problem it solves. And I think you, you I think we saw today there was, a, there was another country that just adopted it for its remittance program. So this is huge for for uh, for Ripple and XRP. Mario, one of the questions that we always get when discussing Ripple XRP is the fact that are they going to use it for a central bank digital currency? And my argument has always been it's going to be the liquidity between between the central bank digital currency in, in the United States and the central bank digital currency of London. They will use XRP to transfer uh, value between one another. What are some of your thoughts on that? And how do you feel about all these connections to the American government as well as financial institutions worldwide? Well, I think that's what Ripple has been working on. That's what that te their technology is all about. Their technology is all about facilitating cross-border payments using, utilizing the XRP as that liquidity bridge. So all their software, all their, um, all their clients, that's what they're offering. And, and and these connections that we've that you've just showed, I think this is just these are signs. I look at it like signs, and it could be nothing, but you know, if signs are there, you may as well pay attention to them because. Chances are the, it is something and, and it's just them planting the seeds in, in the right places so that they can take advantage of the, of, of the uh, opportunity and, and also be, be there for, for when it comes. Because 
we know this this stuff with the SEC, it, it's it's all a facade and it's all going to plan out a certain way, which we've discussed here on the show. My personal opinion, and again, just my opinion, is that it's going to come to uh, to a settlement or that Ripple's going to win. One of the two. I don't think Ripple's going to lose. That's out of the question, in my opinion. So they're just planting the seeds, putting the people in the right places to make sure that they're well positioned for when the time comes and and, and the doors open. The floodgates open, like like everybody always says, and we always say in, in the show, when the floodgates open, they're already there. They're already positioned to take advantage of the opportunity. You're spot on, Mario. And I want to kick it to Billy here. Billy, you've been very highly critical of Bitcoin, and for good reason, my friend. What are some of your thoughts on XRP? Are you critical and are you an advocate? And if so, what are some of your thoughts behind the scenes about why XRP is going to be so important? Well, it, it goes to back to what Mario said, that this is, this is bigger than just one person. And, and the reason, even with you show, showing that picture and him saying that, kind of all put it together, uh, just thinking about it, go back to the picture where you had all the people there in place uh, with Rosie Rios and them. If you look at this, generally when people make moves to have political things done or push their agenda or get a law changed, it's done by lobbying and done by money and you pay people off. I have never in my life seen so many people placed in high level government positions from one company, especially with the changes going on. These people, you don't just, this isn't just by coincidence. Like you don't have this, these many people going to these positions with it just being a coincidence. Like there is so much bigger than, than I think we can even see at times, but this picture laid out like this screams at me. Like if I didn't know anything else, and you told me about this company and these were the people that came from the company and now they're in play, I would buy damn near just off this picture alone. Like, <laughs> I mean, hey, wait, to, wait to where the lawsuit ends, Billy. Just wait exactly. to where the lawsuit. We see what happened with Tesla when they sued Tesla and Amazon. And what happened? Boom, skyrocketed. It's only a matter of time, my friend. It's only oh, this, a matter of time. This, this says everything that we need to know right now about what's going on. It's all a game. If it, if it was a really bad company, it was – like everything that they say it is, these people would not be in place. It's just facts. Johnny Crypto, we got 292 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Drop, click that like button. We've got Rosie Rios backing XRP, not only behind the scenes, but in person. Mr. Johnny Crypto, with all these connections, and you went through the dot-com bubble in the early 2000s, maybe you can draw some connections to successful projects during that time and some of the similarities you're seeing today. During this bear market, there are a couple of projects that are continuing to expand Crypto.com, FTX, Ripple, and Binance are four that come to mind. But what sticks out to you during this bear market? How are you able to identify successful projects? Yeah, so again, the way I do it is, first of all, I'm in the technology space. So I'm always looking for technologies that I know have a real-world solve. That's number one. So we want to make sure you've got something. You know, For example, like a Ripple, we know what that does. I'm not going to go into it. <clears throat> but there's so many other – VeChain's another great one where, where it, it, it expands and – it, it allows you to track technology or allows you to track, you know, from the time something is made, basically it's a logistics chain. So you can, you, from the time something was built to the time, you know, it was in the store or even into your hands. That's something that again, solves a critical problem for companies. And I always talk about companies are looking for cheaper, better solutions. That's it's just that simple. Everybody wants to improve their bottom line. That's how the world works. And so technologies that help do that, that simplify our lives, that are more efficient are going to do this. And you're seeing a lot of these blockchains have that capability. And, and you know, you got some that are smart contracts, some that are DeFi, some that are um, cross-border payment, all different kind of ones. And you kind of got to get yourself set up for what you think is good there. And when you look back at in 
in the early uh, 90s when we, or late 90s when we started to have the internet boom, there were a bunch of companies. There were a ton of companies. And then we had about dot-com bus. And what happens is a lot of them go away. And they look great. They sound great. And then they crash and they're gone because a lot of them, you know, again, you're not going to have all these companies survive. Um, but there will be the Amazons of the world that do survive. And I really truly believe that Ripple and X or XRP will be, be one of those technologies that makes it. I think there'll be several others as well. But to me, yeah, Abs, that's what gets me excited is we are literally almost back in those early days again where none of us know which horses are going to win the race. Okay. If you, someone tells you they know, they're lying to you because none of us know. But what you can do is have a good feel and you want to bet on some of those race horses. You want to have a few horses in the race. You only need one to hit. If you owned Amazon and you bought it back then for 19 bucks, you'd probably be a millionaire or multimillionaire and retired by now. So, again, that's the point. You, you pick out some of these ones that have real-world solve. You put some money on all these racehorses, and then we wait to see what happens by 2025, 2030. It's probably game over. Johnny Crypto, just to reiterate what Ripple is doing here and what Rosie Rios is talking about is that Ripple can transfer money for a fraction of the cost of our traditional banking system. If you were going to send a billion dollars today, it would take you three days and $300,000 to send that from New York to London. If you were going to use Ripple's cross-border payment system, that settlement would not only happen instantaneously, but that transaction would cost less than $3. So you can see, if you don't adopt this technology, you're going to be at a massive disadvantage. But we have another update for our listeners out there because many of our listeners are quant holders. So we brought some very exciting news as CBDCs are, are not here to completely turn the financial system upside down. Instead, they're going to complement and overlay the existing system. We're going to hear from the CEO and founder of Quant and then get some comments from the group. Here we go. Um, and our perspective is, is really, you know, CBDCs are not here to completely um, turn, turn the financial system upside down. They're here to complement and become an overlay uh, on, on the existing system. So we will always have real-time payments. We'll always that was our faster payments and, and backs and card. Uh, and we have all the, the you know, the settlement with, with the central banks as we do today. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to give you a chance to comment because you've been a huge advocate of Quant. And I find it very interesting that their founder and CEO is making comments about the overlay CBDCs are going to have on their current financial system today because that's exactly what Quant is built for. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit. And how do you feel about this video? Yes. Yeah, so at the end of the day, right, these guys are smart. They know that CBDCs are coming. There's no way to stop that. That's going to happen. But you're going to have multiple, you're going to have all the central banks. I think the plan at one point was to try and have one, one type of CBDC for the whole world. And that fell apart. And what you're seeing now is these different central banks are developing their own CBDCs for their own regions and countries, right? Okay, good. But guess what? They don't talk to each other. <laughs> that's a problem. And so that's where Quant is going to come in and kind of bring that connection to them so everything works together. Then on top of that, you could have XRP that could turn to be the liquidity for those solutions. So you can see how all these things are going to be built on top. It's like building a house brick by brick, right? You got to have different bricks on top of each other. You put the brick, you build the layers, and next thing you know, boom, you got a house. And that's really what's going to happen here as well. You're going to have multiple technologies. See, everybody thinks it'll be one technology. I don't think it's going to be. Now, I could be wrong. I think you're going to see a host of technologies holistically working together blockchains to solve a huge, huge problem of being able to deliver money quickly, simply, fast, and efficient. Yes, and we are a crypto news channel, but we cover all types of news topics. And one of the most prominent news stories going on today is China's growing dominance on our world economic financial system. 
Well, this tweet is very, very interesting. And the no defender sent it this morning. Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee issued a report detailing how China tried to build a network of informants inside the Federal Reserve System. I did not have a chance to deep dive on this document, but I find this very interesting. One of the things I've studied is how the Chinese infiltrate the American government. And one of the things they do is they have these babies that they can. So they have to, they have a couple, they migrate them into the United States. That couple will have a baby and that baby is born and groomed to be a government official and report back to China. This may be another example of that. Billy, I know you're very, very diverse and you got some very strong opinions. I'd love to hear your thoughts here. Bro, this ain't nothing that ain't been going on for the last 50 to 100 years, man. This is, and, and we do the same thing in other countries. Uh, it's just, it's how politics works. It's how the game works. It's how the real world works. Uh, when you're de dealing with high level things like this, you always have things in place like that. This is not a surprise. China's been saying that they were going to put people in place forever. They told us this in the 80s. They said it in the 90s. Uh, they, they started uh, started with the politics. And like you said, the, they will have families come over, migrate, have children, they have to report back. And it's, it's, it's something that's been going on for a long time. Long time. People are just more aware of it now and more sensitive to it. But this is same game, same game. Mario, I'd love to get some closing comments from you. We had a great discussion before the stream talking about how this is going to be increasingly becoming an issue. And it's a problem with the world nations that are working together, right? We're getting infiltrated. And the fact that the U.S. and China has a say behind the scenes, it makes me very nervous. What catches your attention here? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult conversation to have because a lot of these things, we are aware that they're happening, but um, we don't really necessarily want them to happen. Just like CBDCs, you know, CBDCs are bad. They're terrible. <laughs> and we, we keep talking about them and we're excited about uh, blockchain projects like Quant and, and, and even uh, XRP, which could potentially provide provide a solution for CBDCs. But CBDCs in its essence are a bad thing. And, and um, you know, not to mention social your social score and, and all that and all that bad stuff. And last night I actually put on my Oculus and I was trying the Horizon Worlds for the first time. And I was like, holy crap, this thing is insane. Like you could literally talk to other people. I was watching a Post Malone uh, show concert like right there. You see people there. Everybody's dancing. Man, the, the future is crazy. And some of this stuff that we were just talking about is crazy too. And it's you just have to you have to be aware of it. You have to position yourself in a way that makes you happy, makes your family safe. And there's, there's just nothing you can do about this train. This train's moving. And you, if you jump in front of it, you're going to get smashed. So just position yourself and, and take care of your family. Take care of, take care of your friends, your loved ones. And um, things are going to happen regardless. And it's such a unique time to be alive, right? We're going through a transformational shift that has historically happened once every 400 years. We're moving away from fiat and we're going into a new digital system. But we have 296 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. This next article, I know our listeners are going to love because we always talk about knowing what the elites are doing so we can understand the game. And this is another example of that. Rockefeller International Chairman Sharma says Bitcoin will bounce back after excess is weeded out. This is interesting because we've been talking about how Amazon was able to profit during the bear market of the early 2000s. Well, that's what they're comparing Bitcoin to here in this article. Rockefeller International Manager Director said that the excess has to be weeded out for this market to succeed. He described that this is a need and we went on to, oh, and went on to state the world's largest cryptocurrency is good in its own right, but its failure at the moment is caused by an infiltration of cheap money and widespread speculative interest. He also said that Bitcoin's comeback 
could be like that of an e-commerce giant Amazon, which recorded a 90% decrease during the dot-com bubble, but eventually did more than a 300x over the next two decades. When I look at an article like this, I immediately think of XRP because of my bias, but there's plenty of projects across the board that this could be. This could be Hedera. This could be Quant. This could be H. Sorry, this could be Algorand. The list goes on and on. But Johnny Crypto, let's start with you, and then we kick it around the group. How do you feel about the managing director of Rockefeller International saying Bitcoin is very similar to Amazon? I feel like he's been watching our show. <laughs> We've been talking a very similar thing here, um, and he's spot on. What happens is, <clears throat> I don't think people realize this, but when you look at the big boom we just had. A lot of it was fueled by the printing of $2 trillion, right, that we just had when the printing presses turned on. That's a lot of what he said there was free, cheap money, right? So that cheap money went in here, and it it drove everything up. And now all that cheap money has to come back out. People are, you know, and we have to see where the bottom is, where where the, the real money, not the free printed money, the excess money that was in the market, because that's going to come out. Once all that comes out, you now get to see where, where people are willing to vote with their real money. And where that bottom forms. And then, yes, then it becomes a platform to skyrocket. And I think that's why we all feel, you know, that you're going to probably see it 12 to 15K Bitcoin. Because that's probably where we, where I think everybody in the mothers is like, oh, wow, that's so cheap. I need to have it at that price. And I think when we get that, <clears throat> that'll be the launcher platform for this thing to really skyrocket. So I, I kind of <laughs> got to admit, I agree with him. I'm surprised they admitted it. But sometimes they do tell you the truth, and this may be one of those cases. So another important, another important detail in this article is they are anticipating another leg down. I'd love to go to Billy here. Billy, you've been critical of Bitcoin, but for good reason, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts here. When we talk about getting to twelve, fifteen thousand dollars, that's it. Wouldn't take any major news for us to get there. I really don't believe so. It could just come with a market fluctuation. It could come with a raise in rates. What are you going to be watching over these next coming weeks? And how do you feel about her comparing, or sorry, him comparing Amazon to Bitcoin? So I don't know if I've been clear on how I feel about Bitcoin, uh, but it it, I, it totally makes sense. And just like Johnny said, he put put in a in a very good perspective and easy to understand. Because me myself, if Bitcoin drops to ten thousand, I'm gonna buy Bitcoin, whether I think it's trash or anything else. I have to hedge my bets with with what the world is gonna do. And if it gets down that low, yeah, a lot of people are gonna come in with the easy money and just and hope it gets back to what it does. Uh, my whole thing with Bitcoin is I just don't understand the store value and I just can't get behind it. Uh, and I think that's why BRICS is going to do so well is because the currency is back behind gold. I feel like anything that is that we move forward with the currency has to be backed by something um, physical. And, and that's just to keep us safe. And, and I feel like we're just going to be back in the old position that we are. But I, I'm here to make money. And if Bitcoin's, you know, produces in the future than it produces, but I'm going to absolutely get in at the bottom dollar. Uh, I've been saying since May, I think it was going to hit uh, 10 to 12,000. And if it hits 10 to 12,000, I will absolutely scoop up a Bitcoin. Mario, they're talking about how Bitcoin is still in a speculative phase right now, and I couldn't agree more. They stated that they also think the next six to 12 months could record record drops in altcoins and other digital assets, faulting this partly on U.S. inflation, but also a decline in stocks generally. They noted that typical bear markets usually run for about a year and stocks will fall about 35%. However, during this current bear market, we've only fallen 20%. That tells us we have much further to go. What does this indicate to you and how do you feel about these statements? Yeah, I mean, we we could we could obviously have further to go down. I mean, especially everything with everything that's happening um, 
economically around the world it's it's pretty it's pretty obvious and it wouldn't surprise me if we go further down it's just it's it's a conversation that that really it all depends on where how much they want the market to go down how much they want the market to correct it will correct it will also go up so trying to time it short term for me is something that i've i've given up on i no longer try to time the market short term i know that bitcoin is here to stay there's a lot of signs that tell tell us that that that's the case i know that we know that ethereum's here to stay you know and the list goes on xrp quant all that good stuff that we've been talking about in the show today so i just try to i try to look at it from a long long term horizon i'm looking at the market from from a perspective of we have the highs we have the lows we are currently in one of the lows could it could go lower but we will we will eventually climb our way back up and when that happens it's good to have those bags that you've accumulated during the bear market so that when your bull market comes then you're selling unless you're a trader like billy and you know what what you're doing because you've been doing it for so long and you've you've uh, you've learned your lessons from the losses then I personally don't try to time the market in these kind of scenarios. I personally don't try to sell in these kind of scenarios unless I really need to take money. If I'm just fundamental investing, then I'm just sitting on on these cryptos or or, or stocks, whatever it is that I'm accumulating and waiting for the time for, for me to sell. John and Crypto, I'd love to have you close us out here. When we talk about a bear market, typically we correct 35%. We are only down 20% so far in the S&P what are you expecting going forward? And when do you think we get that last 15% drop? Are you waiting until October or could something massive happen during these meetings uh, this week? No, nah, no, nah. <clears throat> nah, I don't think it's going to be driven by the meetings this week. I think it'll be something much more catastrophic if, if it is. All the bad news is already baked in for the most part. Everybody's already expecting a 0.75 to 100 basis points change. I can't imagine that we're going to go much higher than that. <clears throat> no, I think there's going to be something bigger. And I think it'll happen at the end of Shemitah. So I think we're talking, you know, end of September, end of October is when I personally think that's when I'm going to be looking for whether or not we get a monster crash. I think that's when it happens right into next year. And so <clears throat> if we get a pump between now and September, I already said it on this show, I will definitely be selling some, you know, capitalizing if there's profits there, because I want to have some money set aside for when we get that monster crash that I believe is coming in October, but I could be wrong. Johnny Crypto, when we talk about the market today, there are tons of scams and uncertainty going on. And our next article is focused on exactly that. As the FBI is warning crypto holders not to fall for liquidity mining scams, anybody who's been in this market for a couple of years knows that these things have been going on. They will send you emails. They will get you on your Facebook Messenger app. Never click on these links, but let's dive into this article. The FBI warns of crypto liquidity mining scam. The FBI is issuing a public service announcement to warn American citizens about a cryptocurrency scam using an investment called liquidity mining, which scammers exploit owners of cryptocurrency, especially Tether or Ethereum. So liquidity mining is an investment strategy to earn passive income with cryptocurrency. In legitimacy, liquidity mining operations allow investors to stake their cryptocurrency into a liquidity pool to provide traders with the liquidity necessary to conduct transactions. In return, the investor receives a portion of those trading fees. But right now, scammers are convincing victims to link their cryptocurrency wallets to fraudulent liquidity mining applications. Scammers will then wipe out the fraud's notification and take all of their cryptocurrency with nothing left behind. Anybody who's been in this market has experienced these scams. I've never fallen for them. Knock on wood, but that's because I don't click on any of these links. The Node Defender, why don't you close us out here? Sorry, I was reaching for the mute button. Yeah, I think 
you just have to be very, very uh, aware of all these different emails, all these different things that pop up, like when you like ads and stuff, especially when you're Googling for a specific project, like you could be Googling for, for example, like VeChain could take you to a complete fake website that's imitating VeChain. Or you could be Googling like one of those DeFi protocols that makes you connect your MetaMask. You could be going to a completely fake website. But when you're getting those emails, what I always do is I always look at the sender, where it's coming from. Make sure that it's coming from an authentic domain. So if it's Coinbase, it's Coinbase.com. But also be careful because they actually have ways of making it look like it's coming from an actual Coinbase.com email address. So the next thing you want to look for is the link. Make sure that the link is taking you to the official link. If it's Coinbase, again, Coinbase.com, Kraken, Kraken.com, Crypto.com. Just pay attention to the links. Pay attention to the uh, to the emails. Make sure you're never putting your seed phrase anywhere. You shouldn't ever have to put your seed phrase unless you're restoring your your wallet. Um, otherwise, you know you're just connecting your wallet. You're just providing a wallet address. If you're sending money back and forth, never give your seed phrase. That's like rule number one. Jackie, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of your thoughts? Yeah, thank you, Mario, so much. Um, I've actually called Mario a couple of times with scams that I've got into. You know, this is this is a crazy space right now, and there's scams coming out, new scams all the time. Um, so this just is kind of a touch point on how important it is, um, especially like to be so wary of clicking on any links at all, but also um, to be looking into the projects that you're investing into to make sure that you know that you're familiar with their, um, you know, with their platforms and and with their protocols, if they are going to email, if they are going to message, things like that. Um, there's just so many scammy things that come out, even, even discords that you follow, you know, those get hacked. Um, sending out links to click on something for a new, you know, a new mint phase or a new um, seed round or things like that. Um, those are hacks. Those can connect to your wallets immediately and, and hack your wallets, things like that. So you guys really, um, people really need to be cautious about, um, number one, just knowing what projects you're investing into. And knowing how secure um, those networks are as far as hackability as well. Um, so that's another thing um, to definitely dive into, you know, not just teams, not just, um, you know, a, a traditional vetting protocol, but also um, noticing like the security of the networks of those projects is another thing to look into also. Thank you yeah. so much, Jackie. Oh, hey, go ahead, Ronnie. Just to build on that. So in addition, Mario says very important, looking at the links, looking at the, but another thing I'll encourage you to do is also look at the spelling in the link. Cause believe it or not, one time we got almost hooked on Blocktopia um, and we clicked on it and it was the Blocktopia website looked totally real. And then there was one, instead of a, an L they use like the number one, right. In Blocktopia, or they'll use an I. And it, so it looks like, so be very, very careful and I, no matter where we clicked, it kept asking for the seed phrase. I'm like, that's weird. And then I looked at the URL at the top, and you could see like it had one letter different. So they'll do that. They'll replace an I or they'll replace an O with a zero. So pay very, very, very close attention to the spelling in there as well and make sure the spelling is actually, actually accurate because uh, that's another way they'll get you. Amazing. Thank you, Johnny. And we got 265 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We've got another Ripple XRP article scheduled for you guys today. And of course, it is good news. So Ripple is expanding its remittance technology into the Philippines. And this article is very interesting. You're going to figure out why. Ripple partner QNB has launched a direct remittance service for money transfers from Qatar to the Philippines. This makes it the first bank in Qatar to introduce this service. Through the use of Ripple's financial technology, RippleNet, Q&B will establish a connection with China Bank, 
one of the top private financial institutions in the Philippines to offer this service. This is going to allow enhanced cross-border money transfers for all of the people in the Philippines. And what gets me excited here is the fact that Ripple is just continuing to expand, even during this bear market with all this uncertainty. We've taken so much heat over the past couple months, but Ripple is doing what they always do, generating additional revenue, bringing in new customers, and expanding their corridors. Jackie, I'd love to hear some thoughts on this article. And how do you feel about XRP overall? Oh my gosh, this article makes me so happy just because I have ties to the Philippines. Um, for people that don't know, I lived in the Philippines for almost two years. Um, so those are my people. So to see to see a project that I absolutely love, um, like Ripple XRP and um, you know, the Philippines come together in a happy in a happy matrimony, you know, gets me excited. <laughs> um I this, you know, just like we were saying earlier, um, they're continued to continuing to open their borders to other countries. Um, you know, and, and this is, I think the Philippines is actually a really good market. You know, um, a lot of just in, in Asian, um, you know, in the Asian countries, let me try and figure out what I'm trying to say. Um, the Philippines is kind of a direct, uh, target with ties, like, you know, um, as far as borders into Japan, uh, China, things like that. Um, so I think to hit base with the Philippines is actually a good, um, you know, a good point, cue point. Exactly. I'd love to kick it to Billy here. Billy, what is this analysis? What does this uh, update say to you? And how do you feel about XRP continuing to evolve outside of the United States, regardless of what's going on with the SEC? Um, that just shows more bullish. We, we've said it all along. It's amazing how one company can be sued by a government body of the SEC and still be making contracts and making relationships outside of that. It just it's it's just crazy. When you talk about scalability, that's what that's what they're doing. Like they're building their platform, they're building their base. So when they have regulations and they have clarity, like it's just gonna go. Like they're they're putting everything in place. And I just want to retract or backtrack to the previous slide that we were talking about and put it out there. We as a team, we as an academy, uh, as far as people getting scammed and everything, we will never reach out to you first. We will never DM you. We will never talk to you about a white listing. We will never talk to you about an NFT coming out. We put all the info out here to you guys on a public platform. So again, we as a team, and I think I can speak for the entire team, will never, ever, ever reach out to you first. So please be wary of that. And now back to the XRP. It's, it's, that's why I love XRP, man. I mean, it, as much as I hate CBDCs and everything that's going like that, you have to know what the world is doing and how it's going. And just like Mario said, uh, Garling House is the only one that's showing up at the WEF. He's the only one that, you know, people from his company, it's in the government in the high places. Uh, it's just, it's, it's solidifying everything that we already know. If I could just add to what Jackie was saying as well about the Philippines, I also have some ties to, to Filipinos. I grew up with one of my best friends is Filipino, so I spent a lot of time with him and his family. And Filipinos, have they love to – they send a lot of money back to their country. So that is that is, that is a really massive solution, and it's it's really big for them because it allows them to send money quicker. It allows for them to, to send money cheaper as well, so less fees. And I really think that with this – digital space going forward i really think that the philippines is very well positioned because they all speak english they all speak fluent english over there they 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 love the american culture so they're very well accustomed with the american culture so i think going forward in this digital space as jobs become more and more virtual i really think that the philippines is well positioned to take advantage of this and to become to become a very strong um player in the space or the people of the philippines finally have the the 
I believe that the people in the Philippines deserve this because, you know, it's it's so unfortunately it's so poor over there. So with this digital space, it's going to allow them to to change their life and change the life of, uh, of their families. Amazing. Just to add really quick too to what Mario was saying, it's very similar. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of Cardano, what they're doing in Africa, you know, um, having bringing on a third world country like the Philippines um, and bringing this technology to them. Um, and if I could say to a lot of those kids over there, you know, they're gamers. They that's what they do all day. And this type of technology that it's coming hugely into a gaming realm that kind of puts a lot of their kids at advantages, I would say. But above that, it is it is kind of a like similar situation of what Cardano is doing with Africa. Um, I think that this opportunity in the Philippines is something similar. So cool to see. Johnny, did you have any comments there? Uh, I think everybody pretty much said around the world. I, think, I guess the last thing I'd just say is, you know what, this is exactly what you want to see Ripple be doing, continuing to execute and put their technology in place. As more and more countries adopt it, it's just going to continue to signal, signal to other countries like, oh, hey, they're using that. That works really well. I want it too. I love Brad. I love what Ripple's doing. Uh, it's a great thing. Oh, someone did ask in the comments. Well, how come they said uh, Japan is using XRP? Why didn't its didn't its price skyrocket? So I just want to answer that question to that person. You know, you have to look at the world, right? <laughs> it's a global solution. Japan's GDP represents three percent of the world. So when you wonder why you know XRP isn't skyrocketing, first of all, it's not even being used in all of Japan. But Japan's just a small portion of the overall economy, and then it's being used in even a smaller portion of that. So to sit here and think that just because one country picked it up, that it's going to skyrocket. No, that's not how it works. You want at least 40 50% of the globe using it, and then you're going to really see the price of it. Or I don't know the exact percentage, but the point is you shouldn't expect its price to skyrocket on a country that has 3% GDP. That's just ridiculous. Um, but as we see more and more countries pick it up, then I think you will start to see the price of XRP. So I hope that answers that guy's question. Thank you, Johnny. And we do have one final XRP gem, but we scheduled that for the end of our episode. First, we are going to show you guys an amazing product that we are excited to be bringing to you. And we are also using ourselves. That is Black Seed Inc. So Black Seed Inc. sponsored our 2022 Freedom Conference as they provided steel seeded plate for all of our warriors. If your recovery phrase is laying around on a piece of paper, you need to check blackseedinc.com and don't take unnecessary risks with your crypto investments. Back up the seed. What's next for Black Seed Inc. has us really excited. The company just released the X series, which is the world's first cryptocurrency storage solution for Ledger Nano wallets. This series is a, this series of products is an entire ecosystem for your crypto, titanium capsules to protect your ledger, a stone paper notebook to record all your transactions, and if you don't know what stone paper is, click the link to find out. And finally, there is a fireproof case that holds all of your capsules, the notebook, and your plates. Everything is in one place to grab and go, and of course, this case is fire and waterproof. What's great about Black Seed Inc. is it's going to finally, there is some ingenuity being brought to the physical side of crypto. Yes, we are dealing with a digital currency, but with cold stored wallets and seed phrases, the real world hardware is necessary to keep our investments safe. The X series helps you organize all of that. It's available right now for our pre-order in the Kickstarter campaign, and you have until August 10th to get this unique product. The X series will not be available until sometime in 2023. So click the link in our description to back this incredible crypto project. This is very exciting because people never talk about the physical side of, of 
uh, investing and, and protecting your crypto. Johnny Crypto, I know you had some comments. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, no, I think it's really cool. I mean, you definitely want to, th- this is your money. And, and so digital money is tricky because it's not like cash money where we put it in a wallet, in our pocket, and it's right on our bodies, right? In this case, so it is important to have a place to put it. Uh, I love the fact that it's color coded. So if you want to color code, you could you know put red for your XRP, green for your Cardano, blue for for a college fund, whatever you want. You could do that. And what's really cool about the case, and if you're Italian, you'll love this. It's got a little compartment that you can put a little tracking device in there. And you can always keep track of where your money is. Where you, so when you lose your wallet, you know you panic. In this case, you get a little tracking device in there. You can actually find it anytime you want. So it's a really cool product, and uh, you know I encourage everybody to kind of give it a try and and you know have a have a safe place to. Give you kind of peace of mind, so it gets uh, the Johnny Crypto uh, comp vote of confidence. Amazing, and I want to remind our listeners: you have until August 10th to sign up for that Kickstarter, and we will be getting this product in sometime in 2023. But we're going to close out this episode with something very, very exciting, which is that FOMO Pay and Ripple have partnered to enhance on-demand liquidity. We are excited to announce a partnership with Ripple to leverage on-demand liquidity for Treasury management, which allows us to achieve affordable and instant settlement in Europe and USDC globally. What sticks out to me here is the fact that they're able to use USD while being sued by the SEC, but this is another major development for Ripple. What are some of your thoughts? We'll start off with a no defender. Yeah, just to give a little bit of humor, that make that gives me FOMO. <laughs> but, but yeah, this is exactly what we've been talking about. This is exactly what Ripple continues. They have the software. They're creating the software that allows for this sort of stuff to, to, to take place. They, they, uh, financial institutions, you know, we've seen, we've seen, um, what do they call MoneyGram that left XRP to go over to XLM. And I think that somebody in the chat had mentioned the fact that we, we, we're not really talking about XLM a lot, but let's not forget that XLM is also a really good technology. It was, I mean, both of them, we know the Jed McCaleb story. So, um, not really going to talk too much about that right now, but yeah, XLM and another, another great technology, but for Ripple, the things just continue to unravel. The partnerships continue to take place. There is use case. There is utility. And this is the kind of th- the kind of um, thing that investors in the cryptocurrency space need to look to is is the use case, the, the the utility. Are these cryptocurrencies actually being utilized? Do they have a use case? Can do they have future? And and that's the ones that you need to be investing in. You know, the other ones more speculative. We don't know if they're going to be around, especially with the regulation. But these, at least, there's there's strong use case, and you have a company like Ripple that's worth billions of dollars and and is spending a hundred million dollars in this case against the SEC. So it's a good bet, in my opinion. Not financial crypto, advice. Not a financial advisor. Not financial advice. But I do have one more video. I'd love to show our listeners. It's only 28 seconds. Gonna let this clip play, and then we'll get some comments from the group. Here we go. At the same time, there is a need for responsible regulation to ensure investor protection. We welcome that regulation. In order to fully enable ICOs, investors must have confidence in the integrity of the market. For this reason, we support enforcement actions where they are necessary to weed out bad actors. That's a beautiful statement from the Coinbase chief legal and risk officer because he's not only an advocate of regulation. Well, my friend, you are going to be dealing with the SEC firsthand as they have actually just filed a complaint against Coinbase. Johnny Crypto, we only got a minute left. What are some really quick thoughts here? I guess you didn't see that one coming. No, but his comments are right. He is totally right about the fact that we they we do need regulation. Regulation will help clean up some of this stuff. Now, don't think regulation is going to solve everything because you know what? There's pump and dumps in the stock market all the time. Okay, so regulation isn't going to be the end all be all, but it will at least take out um, 
a lot of the the simpler more type of scammers and things that are out there and it'll bring a shit ton of money into this space so yeah ripple to win the world cup that's great so i think it's great i think he's spot on we do need it and you're right abs it will be interesting to see how they handle it because uh, the sec is coming after Coinbase uh, for now but who knows it might be a wwe show it might they're all buddy buddies back there so who knows we'll see how far it goes thank you so much and we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests thank you to johnny crypto thank you to the node defender thank you to jackie and thank you to billy the chart analysis expert we got 224 live listeners out there on your way out show us some love smash that like button and we will see you guys in 23 hours like we always say, Warriors, guys, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Mario, close it out.